0: Now on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, I'm a long time listener and love the show. I have a question for you about Amazon. Uh, just wondering if you think the current price is a, a good price to get in, or if you would wait for a pullback, and, and if a pullback at uh, what price do you think is a good price to buy? And provides unbiased answers.
1: Let's call it thirty five sixty before I'd be a buyer, or breaks down to the support is at 31 30 or so to thirty one seventy. Breaks down there, that'd be the buy point.
0: InvestTalk. Over 32 million downloads and counting.
2: Hello, this is Andrew from Atlanta. Big fan of the show and greatly appreciate the information. I was calling to inquire about ticker symbol
3: SWBI.
0: Your participation makes it unique. 888-
3: Ninety-nine
0: chart.
2: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President, KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, July second, two thousand twenty-one. July 4th weekend, a couple days, just a couple days, July 4th. We are now just two days away from it. So, I don't know about you, but we're having a big barbecue at my house, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Not looking too forward to all the work, but I do enjoy having all the family over. Kind of fun. Anyways, we are uh, the the market will be closed on Monday, by the way, in case you didn't know. That will be the hump of day for the market and most everybody else. That's July 5th. Okay, and I'll have one of the best of the best Talk shows going. Uh, it's a compilation of various questions and topics and things. So, so it'll be best of the podcast, move at, at a pretty fast, fast pace, so get a lot of questions answered there. On today's program and podcast, we always operate with the same mission statement, independent thinking, and shared success. And, of course, we always try to ensure that we give you only the facts. Only what you need, what you ask about, because you drive the show. We, I, mean, I could talk about what I think is important, but it may not be important to you. So I like, I like the feedback from you, and we promise to give you only the facts. Okay, I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to contact me, call me, ask questions right now. Our lines are open. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Again, you shape the show where you want to go. Okay, and we're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, so we're live right now. And again, you know, if you can't call us during the live show, you can still leave your question. We'll answer the questions as fast as we can in the days ahead. And uh, But you can call now and get on the air, 888-99-CHART. So let's go ahead and get right to the first question. Hey there, this is Joe from Elk Grove, California. I had a
3: question I heard Steve on the podcast for the 25th just this last Friday that he thought it was a good time to buy into Tyson Foods Uh, as a good entry point. I was curious, if I know they're losing money on transportation right now, is that going to factor into their profit and loss and their financials when it actually comes out? So I just wanted to see if we could look into that a little bit more if I happen to know for a fact pretty much every food company is losing money on transportation right now. What's that going to look like on their financials when they have to uh, to report? And is it really a
1: good time? I'd like to revisit Tyson Foods. Thanks, guys. Okay. Pro, uh, produces beef, chicken, pork, related allied products. And we talked about it, as he said, about a week ago. TSN is a symbol. Um, and they are $73 stock selling for uh, with a $6.41 earnings per share next year. That's up 6% from this year. This year is up from 9% from last year. So sales increased in the most recent quarter by 4%. But it's, never, it's, a, it's a $26, twenty-seven 27000000000 billion company. So it's never going to have great growth prospects. So what you do is you buy it when it seems to be uh, on a lower price basis. So if there are $73 right now a share, $73.62 to be exact, divided by next year's uh, earnings, $6.41, so that's the estimate, and you get, okay, oh, I might want to turn on the calculator before I do the math. Divided by 641, and you get a 4P of 11, almost 11 and a half. Well, the range is 8 to 19. So it's closer to the low low end of the range than it is the top end, so I kind of like it. And return equity is 14%. Cash flow is $8.80. Management's own 2%. Mutual funds are neither buyers nor seller. They own about 46% of the company. They pay 2.4% dividend. From a longevity point of view, will the transportation costs eat into their profits? Yes. So will they be able to increase uh, prices to make up for that? I think they will be able to do that. Inflation is going to make these companies, uh, make it easier for them to raise prices. It's going to be easier for them to raise prices because everybody knows we have some inflation and they're going to be raising prices. I think they can maintain their profit margin. That's really the issue. Can they maintain their profit margins regardless of the transportation costs? And I think they can. My focus point today concerns this question. Has the market already picked a winner in the electric vehicle race? Obviously you, everybody knows who the who the, who uh, what stock has been overpriced and has been and and is the darling of the electric vehicle industry and that's Tesla. So that's what we're talking about. I mean if you can't figure that out just by that statement you know this you're not you're not paying attention. So my trivia question well, I have a trivia question and that also will folks how much money would you need to earn to be considered wealthy? How much money do you need to earn to be considered wealthy? Because, you know, politicians think people are wealthy if they're middle class. Because they, they, That's how they define wealthy, because that's who they go after to tax. We're only going to tax the wealthy. Well, that's middle class. Don't, I've been around long enough to know that, that when they say, well, we're going to tax the wealthy, that's a cold word for expect the tax increase, everybody. Just expect the increase in taxes. But that's going to be my trivia question. Since it's Friday, I also share some highlights from the KPP premium newsletter that I put out this morning. And other topics, time permitted, I want to talk about the jobs report that was released this morning. Very good jobs report, but the unemployment rate went up. Not down. Hmm. The five biggest Dow losers, Dow Industrial 30, Dow Industrial 30s for this year so far. Is that a good thing or a bad thing to invest in now or, get, or stay away from? I'll give you the names. And, you know, OPEC is meeting. Now we, when OPEC used to meet years ago, I mean, it was big news. Because if they're going to cut production or increase production, we, meaning the United States, was extremely dependent on oil prices because we were just ex- extremely dependent on foreign oil. Now not so much. I mean, our foreign policy was dictated by foreign oil. Okay, not so much today, because we produce a lot of our own oil. We were oil independent. I don't know if we still are, but we're close to it. But OPEC is meeting, and they're talking about production cuts or production increases. I think that they, they I know that. Well, we'll talk about it and tell you what. I'll tell you what I know. 99 charters are a number. That's uh, the market was up today. One hundred fifty three points for the Dow, one hundred seventeen points for the Nasdaq, and thirty two points for the S P five hundred. So we had a pretty good day today. Is the market going to continue up? I mean, it's made up its correction, except you know where it didn't make up its correction in the Dow. Dow is still kind of not made new highs yet. Whereas the QQQs have, and the SPY has, but it seems like the market's starting to hesitate to me. But we'll see. I'm looking at different uh, different uh, technical indicators that kind of are telling me that we might, might have some – I think we're going to have a volatile summer. I do. I really think we do. We will have a volatile summer. I don't think the whole summer's going to go by, and we're going to look back and say, hmm, not much happened. But we'll see. I mean, you know, that's just my, you know, because I've been doing this so long, I, you know, you get a feel for it, what's going to happen. And, I, of course, I, no one knows for sure. No one. Don't ever expect anybody, anybody that pretty able to predict accurately with any consistency of what's going to happen in the market. You can't. It's impossible. I, I've been around too long and listened to too many different pundits. It's just not possible. Yeah, you can be. You can you can you can hedge your bets. You can I could say stuff like the market has an upward bias and that's about eight nine ten percent a year, and therefore the market will probably go up this year. Well, yeah, I could say that, and P probably pretty accurate about it. But that's about as accurate as anybody's ever done. So, anyways, we're headed into a quick break. The Investor phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. It's our last live show until next Tuesday, everybody. So you've got to call 888 99 Charge.
0: If you enjoy listening to Invest Talk, you can help support our programming by giving us your vote of confidence, a five star rating. So download, review, rate, and don't forget to call. Invest Talk. Eight 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 ninety nine chart Hi, I'm a long-time listener and love the show. I have a question for you about Amazon. Uh, just wondering if you think the current price is a, a good price to get in, or if you would wait for a pullback. And, and if a pullback, at uh, what price do you think is a good price to buy? Thank you.
1: Amazon. Everybody knows Amazon, A-M-Z-N, dominates the online business. You know, it's growing still very fast. Uh, they're gonna it's a thirty five hundred and ten dollar stock, uh, one point seven trillion market cap size. That's how big it is. They're gonna make seventy three cents, seventy three dollars and four cents a share next year, up thirty one percent this year, up thirty three percent. So, yeah, you know, there is not you can't say too many bad things about Amazon. You really can't. Other than maybe it's too big for its britches. Uh, right now, it's right at its old highs. It's been at this high, 35.52, 35.54, twice. Once back in what year is that? 2019 at 35.52, and then once just last year, last year, April it was April this year, at 35.54, and here's at 35.10. So. This is the area it has hesitated at. So I I would wait till it either breaks above 35, oh, let's call it 35.60 before I'd be a buyer, or breaks down to the support is at 31.30 or so to 31.70. Breaks down there, that'd be the buy point. But you don't want to break it right now as it reaches its high, and it was up, you know, $78 today. this week, $78 this week, I should say. So it's trying to break that old high. I think I'd wait till it broke 35.54, and then we don't know how high it's gonna go. So either wait for that to break out, we call that a breakout, technically speaking, or wait for a pullback in the 31.30 to 31.70 area, and buy it there. That would be my suggestion. Amazon, everybody. My focus point today concerns the question, has the market already picked a winner in the EV race? Tesla's lofty valuation, about 137 times forward price-earnings ratio, speaks volumes about them. Because look at every, any other car company. No, car, no other car company has that kind of valuation. And you know the other car companies are going to start producing and already have in line. And you've seen advertising for their electric vehicles. Um so but the market has says Tesla's the clear winner. Or else they wouldn't evaluate it so high. Car companies historically have very low PE ratios. Okay? Very low because they're so costly. You know, there's so many things that go into building a car. You've got to build a factory, you gotta, you know, pay high union wages and on and on and on. And therefore they never really earn much of a uh p e ratio they, they always were very kind of low value value kind of stocks. well tesla is not so well who's going to be the next biggest challenge for tesla well i think Volkswagen's probably right it's going to be the one that's going to give them the worst time gm and ford are are doing very well they've had the most they made the most money this year so far than they had in many many years so they're 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 all all these all these four all these auto companies are going to be trying to pay catch up with Tesla, and Tesla is going to lose market share to these companies. Just it's just going to happen. But I have a hard time paying that kind of money for Tesla. I really do. I always have. You know, just just too expensive for me. You're listening to invest.com I'm Steve Peasley, and we're now into the third quarter of the year. Your goal of financial freedom will require information and effective strategies. So, we're taking your questions live, 888 99
0: The 4th of July is almost here, and as we move through summer, you'll want to need unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. You've come to the right place. Invest Talk,
1: 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Dennis in Dublin, California. Dennis. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing great. Thanks for the call. Hey, anyway, my
2: question is in regards to a ticker, FNV company, Franco Nevada Corporation. I'd like to, more or less, if I could, get your take on this company. And also, if what might be a good entry point onto this stock?
1: Okay. Uh, this is Canadian Gold Focus Royalty and Stream Company with over 374 royalty and stream properties interests. So they own interests in gold mining companies. And the, the streaming of that income is what you're looking at. Pays a small dividend, not much, but the earnings are pretty hefty growth. They're going to grow 27% this year, then another 4% next year. At three, to be $3.58 a share, and it's a $147 stock. So it's not cheap. There's, you can't say it's a cheap stock. But when sales are growing in the 28% last quarter, 19, 18 before, 19% before, that, it's kind of hard to, you know, is it a growth stock? Uh, well, sales growth is pretty spectacular. Earnings are growing pretty fast, so I guess you can call it a sales growth stock but it's going to be you know very dependent on the price of gold because that's what the stream income is coming from and you wanted a buy point well about 145 so this is probably a pretty decent buy point right here right where it is 147.74 it felt the 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 has strong support at 145 and strong resistance at about 155 so it's it's not not a bad place you know it, it's had for two months now it's been trading in that range and for a real true breakout it's got to break, break above a 166 price that's the high all-time high uh last year so we'll see if it can do that but this is a pretty decent buy price i mean ideally you'd love to be able to buy about 120 to 122 somewhere in there but i don't i don't know if you're going to get that ideal price I just don't think you will. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Dennis. I appreciate it. You know, on Fridays, I generally take time, uh, a quick rundown of the benchmark numbers. So let me hit some of those. The two-year treasury yield was 0.238%. 0.23. Oh, not quite a quarter percent. And for perspective, it was uh, 0. 0.27, a little over a quarter percent two weeks ago. Gold. per ounce. Last week, it was $17.77. So up just a tad. Silver today, $26.47. Last week, it was $25.98. So that's up as well. Nothing major, though. Uh, Oil. Oil was selling for $75.01 per barrel. Last week, $74.06. So up to two weeks back, it was $71.99. Oil has been... Pretty much increasing and getting pretty toppy, I think. The national average for a gallon of regular gasoline, $3.12. It was $3.08 last week. In California, $4.28. It was $4.25 last week. Now, Nevada is showing gasoline price at $3.74. So... It's very frustrating when you when, when we when I read these numbers, and I know how much more we're spending for no earthly reason other than politics. It really irritates me uh, that we have to pay so much more to for to gasoline than anybody else. We shouldn't. We meaning Californians because we use a lot. We have oil, and you would think the 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 places like the Midwest or the Northeast or wherever. Where it's harder to get uh, refined products to them, it would cost more, and it doesn't it cost more in California. Don't understand that. I do understand it. it makes me mad. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Jobs report came out today. There was eight hundred fifty thousand new jobs produced uh, in June. That's the official number, eight hundred fifty thousand. They expected seven hundred six thousand, so it's quite a bit more than expectations. And last month it was five hundred eighty-three thousand, so it was a pretty darn good number. The unemployment rate, five point nine percent. They thought with those 800, 850,000 jobs that uh, it would, you would think it would drop because they expected it to be five point six percent at seven hundred six thousand jobs they estimated, but it jumped to five point nine. Last month, it was 5.8. You should ask the question, why would the unemployment rate go up if more people found more jobs? Because more people are entering the workplace. The way the government counts is off. It's always off. A better way to look at it is the labor participation rate, which is 61.6%. 61.6%. And looking at that number month-to-month month is a better way to look at it. But we really don't, do we? Okay, um, when talking about financial assets, the term rich is relative. If you make a lot of money in America, where you live has a lot to do with whether you can think of yourself as truly wealthy. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. How much money do you need to earn to be classified as rich in your state? After break, I will supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage your investment questions. 888-99-CHART.
3: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left
0: To tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk podcast downloads, let them know they can choose an episode that covers their topic of interest. For example, browse by episode title for potential questions and answers on 401ks, cryptocurrency, treasury yields, real estate investing, commentary on growth stocks, listener stock picks, and more. Download free anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or investtalk.com.
1: Okay, before the break, I gave you my trivia question. How much money do you need to earn to be rich in your state? So to get an idea of what it means to be rich in America, uh, GoBankingRates.com used the IRS data to conduct a study of the top incomes. Now, as classified by state, it lays out what income levels need to place a resident in the top 5% or the top 1% of incomes within that state. And, of course, I can't go through all 50, right? You know, it's just impossible. I can't go through all 50 states. But I did pick out a few. Wyoming, the average adjusted gross income of the top 5% of earners in that state is $675,000. The top 1% is $2.2 2 Pretty high for Wyoming, I think, because you look at Delaware. The average adjustable gross income, the top five percent is four hundred thirty-six thousand. Remember, Wyoming is six hundred seventy-five, Delaware is four hundred uh, and thirty-six. and it's only a little over a million to be the top one percent, where it was over two million for Wyoming. Hawaii, you would think that would be oh, you got to be rich to live in Hawaii. No, <laughs> the top five percent is three hundred ninety-three thousand. Uh, the top one, 929000 So it's less than both those states. North Carolina, 460000 top 5%. $1.1 1. 1 top 1%. California, of course, I know you were waiting for that one, weren't you? You want to know what California is. Okay. The top 5%, you need to make $758,000. The top 1%, $2.2 2 now, what do you think the average income in America is? The average American income for 2019 was 68703 Pretty interesting numbers, I thought. We'll get to the newsletter highlights in a couple of minutes, but now let's keep the pace going and go back to the InvestTalk Voice Bank thanks for a question that came in earlier from a listener line in new york a listener in new york
3: hey justin or steve this is dylan in brooklyn i have a question for you guys just want to thank you first for everything you guys do really appreciate it i um, was wondering if you know anything about atosa therapeutics ticker atos they're a debt-free company developing breast cancer treatment drugs i uh, got in earlier this month and pretty much up 100%, pretty much doubled in the past month. And wondering if you think it's good stock to hold or if I should ring that register. Appreciate everything. I hope to hear the answer on the podcast.
1: Okay. Altosa Therapy, Therapies develops novel proprietary therapeutics and delivering delivery methods to breast cancer and other breast conditions. It's a small company, $648 million. They lose money, they've lost money every year since they've existed. They're going to lose money next year again, $0.14 cents a share. They're going to lose $0.15 cents a share this year. They lost $1.97 a share, so they're losing less money. A couple, three years ago, the stock was selling for like 40 bucks. Now it's $5.37. If you doubled your money, my personal belief is you should take the money and run because they don't make money. It's impossible to know where they're going to go. You don't know. I don't know. They don't make money. They don't even report sales. They're burning money. So management owns four percent, funds owed six percent. But it's a tiny company and don't they, you know it's so small funds can't really buy it anyways. So it'd be difficult for them to get involved. It has a nice it had a nice bounce from eighty cents a share. So so you know, who knows where it's gonna go? I don't have a clue. Too risky for me. Uh, the KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed to subscribers this morning. Well, about noontime, I'd say. Uh, in the market conditions section, the first section, the market, is stating, the market is starting to show signs of hesitation again. The minor correction is over, but as soon as the indexes reached their old highs, they began to waver. I'm referring to the broad market. The tech stocks have done well and clearly broke above their old highs, while the big industrials did not do so. We expect a lot of back-and-forth jockeying. This is the newsletter. This is in the first section, market conditions section. So there's going to be a number of winners, and there's going to be a number of losers for the summer. On the economic side, the new trillion-dollar infrastructure package is a done deal. Uh, That will boost the economy and should benefit certain groups of stocks. And possibly the market overall. Another trillion dollars in debt, though. Trillion dollars in debt. Another one. Not just. Oh, it's added to the six or seven trillion that we've already indebted ourselves to in the last year or two. Huge debt. Huge. Big number was the jobs report, of course. I mentioned that earlier. Eight hundred fifty thousand jobs, and you know, talked about what that did to the overall. You know, unemployment rate didn't help it, even though it was a pretty big number. Okay, and I go into detail in the newsletter about these things. You know, so portfolio management. Uh, I talked about retail investors will purchase mutual funds in an effort to diversify their portfolio. They believe this is easier than, you know, the daunting task of research buying and monitoring individual stocks, which is probably true. So because the mutual funds are instantly diverse, and, you know, it's, it can be true. But investors need to know or compare the track records of mutual funds with their peer groups. That's how you do it. You don't look at their previous performance or their la- you know, last three or five years. Look at the peer group performance. Are they doing the, with the same group of the same type of songs, big cap, small cap, growth, value, uh, international, whatever it is what who's the best of the bunch who's the best of their peer group that's really how you look for them. okay so that's that's how i was i would always tell you to look a couple of stock ideas a company that provides natural gas gathering we've mentioned it before i think it's been on the newsletter before and i've talked about it on the air big one nice 7% dividend, seven percent dividend you know if oil and gas prices continue to climb or stay the same they're still going to continue paying that very high dividend i also took a pleasure and leisure company that operates today much differently than it did in the past their management team has plans to expand into consumer markets with their own products and to license their very well-known brand name so Anyways, there's a lot of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter each week. And it's easy for you to subscribe. You can do it directly through investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you'll get your full email report every Friday. Newsletter comes out every Friday. Okay, let's go to another caller question. Hi, this is
0: Dave from Cleveland. I love the broadcast. I listen every night. Hey, my question
1: is, I have like over 700000 in the market. I have commercial property, I have rental property, I have a sizable amount of backup. My question is, is there any circumstances that owning annuity makes sense? Or are you always better just to invest the money yourself? You'll be further ahead by doing it that way. Thanks, i looking forward to, to your answer. And thanks, bye. If you have, uh, I'm gonna say that almost in every situation, You'll do better yourself than buying an annuity, especially with interest rates so very low right now. You'll be better, better investing it. If you want an income, investing in income stocks than buying an annuity. Almost every situation that I can figure out, think about, not buying an annuity is the best thing to do. They're expensive. you got to pay commission to whoever's selling it to you, You know, if you're going to get a fixed annuity, well, or variable annuity. If you have a variable annuity, you're investing in the stock market. Why would you want to pay a commission to have the option of buying mutual funds, which is what a variable annuity would do? If it's a fixed annuity, you get very little return because interest rates are so very low. It's just not a good idea. It's just not. You know, and um, also annuities lock up your money. Is there any situation where annuities are worth it? I, I would say yes, there are. Um, I can see when someone is very, very scared of the market and interest rates are pretty high, that buying an annuity that will lock lock up a, a income stream for you might be advantageous. Uh, you got to remember, what, annuity is issued by an insurance company, and it's only the strength of the insurance company is how strong that annuity is. Remember, they got to survive to pay you over the next several decades your monthly income. Going to rely on an insurance company. See, that's just not for me. I wouldn't do it. Would not do it. Okay. Uh, It is 4th of July holiday this weekend on Sunday. So, to me, 2021 sure feels like it's moving pretty fast. I don't know about you, but as I get older, it seems to move faster all the time. (laughs) I guess it's just now. So, on almost every podcast, i like to reserve a minute or two, talk about our company, KPP Financial. You know, we are very client-focused. We are very uh, focused on treating everybody equally, including ourselves. We want to be on the same side of the table as you. We call it parallel investing. In other words, we buy the same thing for ourselves as we do for our clients, and the same price, same percentage. Now, we also don't... We, uh, we, we are very firm on not buying stock ideas from a third party, not letting a third party... Uh, give us uh, advice on what to buy and sell and when to buy and sell. We do all our own work. And surprisingly, most registered, many, I don't say to say most, many registered investors advisors don't do that. They just gather money and let somebody else manage it, and you think it's them who's managing it, and they're not. So will be very careful about that. So um, if you speak with us about 10 minutes, it won't take you long, and you'll know that we're just trying, we want to help. We are there to help you manage your assets even if we you do not become a client that's okay we want you to be a client, come a client but you don't have to and we'll still help you now we're not going to give you all the ideas that we buy for our clients and, you know we got to save information for our clients but we'll help guide you in your own portfolio if you just need to okay we'll do that so if you're interested. Go to InvestTalk.com, hit the Contact Us button, send me an email. There's various ways you can call our office in Irvine, California. There's various ways you can get in touch. With so we appreciate it, and thank you for listening to the show. Now, uh, your InvestTalk questions are always, always welcome, and this is all about learning more, you learning more. And we'll be back.
0: There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. Been listening for a while and have got some great advice. This free podcast is available for download anytime, typically each day and night the Invest Talk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. Hi guys, big fan of the show. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. I
1: think for like the next 10 years, commodities are gonna be doing very well. It's in the money. You probably just want to sell it.
0: It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor.
3: Absolutely love your show.
0: It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and InvestTalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hello, this
2: is Andrew from Atlanta.
0: (laughs) Big fan of the show and greatly
2: appreciate the information. I was calling to inquire about ticker symbol SWBI. I purchased this not too long ago. I got it at around $22.03 a share, and it's shot up to like $35.34. If you could please look at the chart, I'm curious what's a selling point for this, and I know it pays a pretty good dividend, and a lot of good things are happening with Smith & Wesson. Any information that you can share with me is greatly appreciated.
1: Well, it got up to over $40 in the day, but now the next day is down here at $30.96. So it fell off today. Still up significantly, but Smith & Wesson brands, uh, manufactures firearms, including revolvers, pistols, rifles, firearm-related products and accessories. And, of course, sales growth 67% the most recent quarter, over 100% the quarter before that. It was over 100 percent for the three quarters in a row, so now it's only growing 67 percent. Now it's gonna it made four dollars and 24 cents in 2020. Well, it's going to make four dollars and 24 cents in 2022, but it's only only gonna make a dollar ninety in 2023. That's the estimate. So I'm I'm thinking you know is it overvalued? Well, it's a thirty dollar stock gonna make two bucks. That means it's a 15 PE, so it's right at the market PE. So, you know, uh, it, it's, I'd probably take some profits off the table. I might not sell at all, but I, I think I would take some profits because it's, it's at fair value right now. It really is. Jurn equity is very high, 77%. Uh, they don't have a lot of debt, very good for cash flow at 566. And, you know, the more riots and turmoil going on in a country, the more... Uh, these kind of stocks will, will benefit, okay? And they seem to always benefit when there's a uh, uh, a Democratic uh, president when he starts talking about trying to take away uh, uh, people's rights to own a weapon. That seems to spur them to buy more. I don't know why, but it seems to do that. Remember, we have a special Best of Podcast on Monday. This is InvestTalk, I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, that's to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART.
0: This is InvestTalk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART.
3: Hey Justin, hey Steve, this is John from Atlanta. I do everything you guys say. I buy stocks, everything, save. I have a pension plan for my work, but I'm just wondering my exit strategy when I retire. I'm 37 years old, so I got a while, but I was just wondering, you know, what's, what's the end game? Should I hold on to something that lands dividends when I retire or cash out? You know, like, you know, there's capital gains and all that. I'm just wondering what you guys advice would be for that.
1: Thanks a lot. Okay, the end game is, you know, a comfortable retirement. Now, how do we judge that? Well, you said you have a pension. That's a big head start right there because most people don't get a pension. So the end game is to have no debt in retirement, no mortgage debt, nothing, and you have income that keeps you very comfortable, and the and the, the, the savings that you have, the investments you have, support that income going forward. So right now you're young, you don't have to worry about dividends. But as you get older, closer to uh, retirement, you may want to consider relying on dividends to live, to add to your pension. How much money? And you got to do the math. The math, okay? Uh, you have a million dollars. How much can you take a million dollars a year and live comfortably? Probably about forty-five thousand, five fifty thousand dollars a year, okay? And you probably won't run out of money, okay? And you add that to your pension. Is that supporting your lifestyle? If your lifestyle is too expensive for that, then maybe you need to change it. If it if it is too expensive, then you need to save more money now so you can have that lifestyle that you want. That's the end game. What is gonna be my lifestyle when I retire? And maybe you won't retire, but most of us will. And most of us will retire because we have to, or for health reasons, or because we just can't do what we used to be able to do. It's that simple. Okay? Okay, five biggest Dow losers so far this year. What are they? Who are they? It's Verizon, Disney, Walmart, Procter & Gamble, Coca-Cola. Okay? Now, since they're the biggest losers, does that mean we should buy them? Or should we just stay away from them because they're the biggest losers? See the. Do you know the theory, the dogs of the Dow? The dogs of the Dow is a is a strategy of investing in the lowest price, highest dividend-yielding stocks of the Dow 30. And that strategy worked for years and years and years given the better-than-market returns. Uh, it's not working so great now, but when I hear the five worst big blue-chip stocks in the last six months or a year, my thinking is, well, maybe I should be buying them now. <laughs> that's how i think you know because why are they the losers what what caused them to be the worst performers is that going to continue you remember these are the big blue chip stocks and we're talking about verizon disney walmart P- procter gamble and coca-cola you know coca-cola is warren buffett's largest i think it's his largest holding i know it's his longest holding you now coca-cola is uh, you know it's not cheap. They're gonna make two dollars and thirty-six cents next year, and it's fifty-four dollars stock. So, though so it's not cheap, is not cheap enough for me. But it it cheap, and I might be a buyer. They pay a three-point-one percent dividend at this current price. So, anyways, those those are the worst performers, and don't always look at the worst performers and just dismiss them. At the same time, you've got to look at them hard to figure out why are they the worst performers, and is it a short-term problem or is it a long-term issue that you need to stay away from? And, you know, we really can't answer that question. You've got to look at them individual, individually. I mean, I wouldn't buy Verizon except for the dividend. That's the only reason. There's no growth there. you got to buy it for the dividend. Well, their dividend is 4.4%. Is it worth it? Pretty high dividend. Disney, Disney I might buy because I think it has a recovery component in, in its, in its uh, valuation. But it's super expensive. See, there's always, you got to, each individual, got to look at them individually. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Jessica Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You can get your Invest Talk downloads anytime from iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Investalk.com. Be sure to rate, review, and rate us, please. Yeah, you know, we love these five-star ratings. That really hel- is helpful for us. So please give us a five-star rating if you think we're worth it. You can browse by our podcast, by topics. You know, you can do that. And I've been, we've been mentioning that for a while. Independent thinking, share success, everybody. This is Invest Talk, and I want you to enjoy your 4th of July holiday this week.
2: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered and offered to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis